4: Welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Hey, I'm excited today. I am bringing a husband and wife team uh, onto the show with me. Really a power couple is uh, my, my word of choice to describe this this duo. And a very, very experienced real estate investors. They've been around Lifestyles Unlimited for quite some time now, have a, have a tremendous track record. And uh, we're, we're going to pick their brains. And now I'll tell you up up, up front, we're going to learn a little bit about them in the first segment. I will tell you they're not in Texas. And I actually tried to get them on the show with me back in, oh, I don't know, it must have been September, October. I was out and about in the RV bunker, and I was actually up in their neck of the woods. I like to, I like to get those local guests, but they were busy. They were too busy taking down their next apartment community. We'll hear about that as well, I think. So without further ado, I want to welcome Nicole and Greg to the program. Welcome to the show, guys.
2: Hi, Andy. Thank Thanks you, for Andy. having us.
4: Absolutely. And just to give the listener context, you know, maybe they haven't heard your story before, why don't you give us a little bit of your your background? Actually, out the gate, I'm in Texas. I'm, I'm broadcasting from Dallas, Fort Worth. Where are you guys?
5: We are in we Detroit. Are, uh, we're in snowy Detroit.
4: Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay. Almost up into the great white north there. <laughs> So to the question of background, why don't you tell us a little bit about your well, where you came from? What were you doing before real estate investing? And since you are way up in, in, in Detroit, in Michigan, and, and I know you guys joined before the, the lifestyle's footprint became as national in scope as it is now. Why don't you tell us how you found, found the organization as well?
5: Yeah, why don't I I jump in? Because I was kind of the initiator into our real estate journey. Um, Nicole and I used to both work for Ford Motor Company. And in 2008, uh, the Great Recession happened. And one day, you know, over the course of a few weeks, about 25% of our friends got laid off. And we realized that the plan that we had had, the middle class plan that we had had, uh, was actually very risky. And we said, we need an alternate plan. And we wanted to start generating. Uh, other streams of income. And so I started looking into real estate. Uh, We had a flip that went sideways that ended up turning into a rental property. And after renting that out for a year, I realized the rental property wasn't all that scary. And so we decided that would be a good way to go. And we ended up buying some rental properties around the country. Um, And they were doing okay, not really well, uh, but okay. And So I was trying to figure out how to do better and improve our performance, and that's when I discovered Lifestyles on the podcast, similar to what many people are listening to right now. And the things that Lifestyles was saying made a whole lot of sense, and so we joined up and we realized all the things we had been doing wrong with our real estate investing before that, and it just totally turbocharged our real estate investing And. Uh, that was the beginning of our of our journey with
4: lifestyles. In the the single family investments that you were doing at the time, you mentioned the essentially you guys were a classic case of accidental landlord. We we hear that all the time. Um, it sounds like you went out of state for your progression. Were you buying turnkey products, or were you doing what we do at Lifestyles? Typically, the you know buying the value add fix fixer uppers that we turn into rentals. What was your what was your approach there?
5: Yeah, actually, uh, to start. Uh, with your, I think your second question, we did start out of state, and our main motivation there was uh, real estate in Detroit tends to go up and down with the financials of the automotive industry, and again, we were trying to find something to offset our W two income. So we started buying properties out of state, and and you used the correct term. Uh, we were buying turnkey rentals. We were not doing it the way that lifestyles teaches. And with turnkey rentals, you're basically paying full price, and because we were paying full price, um, and the place was already fixed up, which was nice, we didn't have to do anything, but. Uh, because we were paying full price, our cash flow wasn't all that great. Uh, and we were capturing no equity when we bought because we were paying full price. And those are the things, the way that Lifestyles teaches us how to buy properties. Uh, we, when we started buying properties in, in, down in Dallas using the Lifestyles methodology, we more than doubled our cash flow. And when we were buying them, we were capturing typically about $20,000 worth of equity. So a few years later when we sold, not only did we get the $20,000, but all the appreciation as well as. The benefits of having paid down the loan a bit so our 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 returns went through the roof once we started following um lifestyles way of of buying properties
4: so let me get this straight you're in you're in detroit michigan um i know it took me a while pulling the rv just to get to the southern tip of illinois so you're, you're even farther north from there and you're buying all the way down here in my neck of the woods in in dallas how did you manage that
5: Lifestyles has a phenomenal vendor list, and we were following the map that Lifestyles gave us, and we'd reach out to the various vendors we needed, whether it be insurance, a general contractor, uh, a lender, and there's a whole bunch of them in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We found some that we were comfortable with, and we leveraged uh, the Lifestyles vendor list to make it all happen, and it worked great.
4: And to your point, and this is a point we talk about quite often on the show, we're not making money one way or even two ways with our real estate investing we're making it five ways and when you're buying as a turnkey investor yeah no real capital gains there you're just getting that cash flow and slim at that you're making money one way effectively maybe two with appreciation maybe the mortgage pay down but buying right and buying down here getting those distressed assets which you're using a team that you don't you don't even see fixing these things up you're creating that equity capture to the two and a 20k a house that hey that's great that's great news what was your progression how long did you do the single family thing because we know you got into apartments what was the general progression there?
5: Yeah, I'll have Nicole join me here because um, we did. We ended up buying eventually nine single-family properties just in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And about um, as as I started into doing that, that's when Nicole started joining me, coming down to Dallas, and she started learning the model and uh, getting to know the people. And after doing a number of uh, single families uh, and also attending all these classes while we were down in Dallas. Again, this was before Lifestyles was national. You pretty much had to be. In a Texas city to to get some of the classes, but we would always go down for a single family class and a multifamily class. And after taking all these multifamily classes for three years or so, uh, we looked at each other and said, hey, how come we're not doing this multifamily thing? It sounds kind (laughs) of (laughs) cool.
4: Yeah. Hey, we're going to head into a quick break. And for the listener right now that maybe is catching the podcast from out of state, you've heard it right there. You can do single family from afar. Live where you want, invest where it makes sense. Single family. Well, we're going to transition, as this couple did, into multifamily. You can certainly do that from afar as well. So stay tuned. Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans.
0: Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom.
4: Back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. If you have any questions for me, you can send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. That says, as in uh, Lifestyles Unlimited Incorporated, askandy at com. And I've got two great guests with me today. I've got Nicole and Greg, and they are coming to us from Detroit, Michigan. That's their home base. And if you caught the first segment, you know that they started out by exploring this real estate investing track with single family and buying what we call turnkey which may or may not be the best approach. It depends on your goals, I I guess. But but, Greg, you eventually wound up finding Lifestyles by way of this very podcast, this radio show, and starting to to buy as a member with Lifestyles here in Dallas-Fort Worth, which is where I sit. In fact, I can remember, we've been members since 2012, I can remember going out on what we call single-family road trips, great educational event if you have no experience with uh, repairing, renovating, rehabbing a house, operating it, and so on where we go out to these properties that are works in progress. Uh, I was out at one just a few weekends ago, and I can remember meeting and talking with you then. Nicole, you weren't down in the area, as I recall, but eventually you picked up the ball alongside Greg as you guys transitioned from single family into multifamily. Why don't you tell us about that move that you guys made?
2: I mean, we were going down, as Greg mentioned in the last segment, um, to attend events, right? So we would make sure it was expensive to go down. We had to fly and, you know, rent a car, get a hotel. So we wanted to make the best use of our time. So we would make sure we would go to everything and anything that was going on on a particular long weekend. And we would meet, um, you know, as many people as we could, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, uh, and one sometimes went, ran right into the other. Um, and we started meeting all, all kinds of just wonderful, wonderful people. And um, so it became, for me, it became a little bit of a vacation too, right? Because it wasn't so much, hey, we're going to go down and, and talk about investing. We did that along with, hey, let's go catch up with our friends. Um, And so that really made it much more enjoyable when you're spending a hard earned vacation time at your corporate job and you're, and you feel like you're going somewhere else to do more work. um, You you know, it it was great to have, have it feel more like time off and vacation. And in the course of meeting some of these amazing people, some of them were lead investors. And so at the end of 2014, You know, Greg and I had started talking about, and maybe we should start, you know, dipping our toe into this multifamily thing now that we have learned so much about it. And it just so happened a few of the people that we'd gotten to know really well um, we're actually doing some transactions. And so, um, our first two transactions, one was at the very end of 2014, and the second one was pretty early in 2015, um, with, uh, two different, um, lead investors that we had met and gotten to know over time. And so we felt comfortable. And of course, going down to Dallas, um, you know, we were familiar with the area. Um, and so we, we started dipping our toe in, um, multifamily, uh, investing passively.
4: Yeah, I'm looking at your list of multifamily properties where you have participated either as a limited partner, right, that, that passive investor, or eventually that general partner or sponsor or syndicator, or as we call them, lead investors here at Lifestyles Unlimited. Very good track record um, to my, my earlier comment at the opening. You're very, very experienced, not just on single family, as we heard, but here. Um, great numbers on on multifamily. So you got in in 2014. Fast forward, here we are, 22, eight years later. Um, looks like picking up a couple deals here and there per year. What? I see a number of passive investments that you participated in prior to shifting in what appears to be your first lead investment, what triggered the light bulb in your head to go that direction as a lead?
2: Greg, you want to take that one? No, nope, I guess I'll take that one. Uh, so...
4: <laughs> sorry, I did you know, not realize I was
5: on mute. <laughs> uh, it. Sorry, j- jump in. Yeah. Um, we had been investing passively with uh, a number of other people, and um, we were very interested in the business and learning from the business, and we were asking questions and such. And uh, many of the leads said to us, how come you're not doing this up in Detroit? Well, Lifestyles at the time didn't, didn't do syndications outside of Texas. They're say the, the individual members didn't do the syndications outside of Texas. So we weren't really sure how that would go, but we, we looked it over for a while. We did some research and, um, in 2016, we pulled the trigger on it and bought a 24 unit in a sub, uh, submarket of Detroit called Romulus.
4: Okay, so you guys, you know, and and maybe I should have done my homework a little better. I was thinking in the back of my head, I'm pretty sure these are the guys that opened the floodgates for what would become national investing. And as you know, we are all across the U.S. I see a lot of stuff coming across my desk for Phoenix, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, Ohio, you guys in Indiana. Um, So kudos to you. Great move, and, and and I know it's 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 really benefited our membership base to to be more, I guess, geographically represented. So you guys were passives for a while, then you became leads in this uh, community in in Michigan. I, I am curious, as a passive, how did that help you in becoming a lead? Did that did that contribute in any way that you can think of to your success?
2: Uh, sure, it absolutely did. Um, we had a lot of friends, and uh, when we came across a situation that you know we weren't quite sure, we of course reach out to our mentors and our operations consultants um, within the lifestyles um, organization. But we also had these lead investors um, that we could reach out to as well. Other other members are, you know, experienced and super helpful. Um, in many, many ways. And, um, you know, even just from looking at the monthly reports that we would get from them on their deals, like, oh, gee, I wonder how they handle this, you know, kind of a transaction. What kind of an account do they record that in? And you could look at the reports and and find out. Um, Also, just communication, you know, how people communicated to their um, passive investors um, and, you know, what did we like about it or what didn't we like about it? And we were able to uh, adopt the, the behaviors and the communication skills that we appreciated from our lead investors um, and, and push that forward to our passive investors in our transaction. And that was very helpful as well.
4: Yeah. You guys are great communic- co- communicators, as, as I know. And that network, I've got to lean on that just quickly. And I'll, I'll come back to you, Greg. That network is, is hugely important. Yes, we have our mentors. They are great. And, and that's who you go to. If you have questions, you don't know what to do. And the other vendors, the uh, multifamily consulting team, but just your network is so, so important. Greg, let, let, me, let me toss it back to you. What, what did you have?
5: I was just going to add to what Nicole just said. I do think Having so many great people to interact with that are out there buying properties and seeing how they manage them. You get everybody does it a little differently, and you get all these different examples. And it's nice to, to get connected with all those people and, and pick and choose from what you feel are the best practices from the, what you're seeing from the, the different people doing. And um, so that, that's part of the, the network is certainly part of the
4: benefits of lifestyle. Yeah, and we talk about the roadmap here at Lifestyles Unlimited and, and having the right map is what's ultimately going to get you to that destination, that place that you want to be. And when you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people like that, you've got role models, you've got examples, you've got people that ask the question, well, do I turn left at this juncture or do I turn right? Where do I go? And they're happy to help you along that path. Hugely, hugely important. When we come back from the break, I want to hear about that Michigan market and I want to hear about the other market where you guys are lead investors so that the listener can say, hey, I'm tired of investing in Texas. Let's go there. So stick around. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm your host, Andy Webb, and I'm joined today by two great investors, long-term real estate investors that have been around Lifestyles Unlimited for for a good time now, power couple, uh, Greg and Nicole. And We heard in the first two segments about their background, their experience, how they got started in single family, eventually transitioned to multifamily as passive investors, and then we just heard that they took down their first lead investment. In fact, as the first lead investors to operate outside of the great state of Texas, they did their first deal as syndicators, general partners, whatever you want to call it, lead investors in their backyard in 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 Michigan. And you guys have gone on to do a couple more uh, lead investments uh, in another state, so I'd like to take a little bit of time now just to inform the listener to talk about those two markets where you guys are operators. So if you want to, I don't know how you guys want to approach this, compare, contrast Michigan and the other state we are, which is Indiana, or just tell us about one than the other. I'll just hand the ball to you and let you guys run.
5: Okay. There's a lot there. (laughs) Let's see what we can unpack it. Um, Well, Michigan, we started off because it was close to our house and that we wanted to um, make sure we had something nearby. Uh, We also specifically chose a smaller property because at the time we were not sure how much um, money we could raise from people in Texas because, you know, we talked talk to people and say, hey, we're in Detroit. And they'd be like, yeah, I don't think I want to invest there. <laughs> but we were able to close the deal, which is great. One of the things that was interesting about Detroit is it was hammered really hard during the 2008 recession. So since that time, almost no new apartment inventory had been built. And so um, occupancy rates were fairly high and growing and rents were growing. And so we felt comfortable we could find a property where there was opportunity. And we did. Um, But after when we started looking for our second deal, uh, there just wasn't a whole lot of uh, properties for sale in the metro Detroit area. So we started looking farther and wider. And eventually we found that there's a handful of cities in the Midwest that are having some strong growth metrics, and Indianapolis is one of them. Uh, we had had some single-family properties there, felt comfortable with the market, and there was a lot of inventory coming on the market. And so that's where we ended up uh, buying our, our second deal. Uh, but aside from that, there's a whole lot of great metrics uh, around Indiana and Indianapolis. Um, Nicole, do you want sure. to cover some of those? Yeah,
2: please. Yeah, Sure. Um, so Indiana is a very business friendly state. And that's one of the things that you want to look at. You know, you, you want uh, to do business in a, in a state where they want you to do business and they make it a little easier for you to do business based on the laws that they have put in place. Um, Indianapolis, as Greg mentioned, has some really great growth metrics. Population's been growing and therefore the rents um, have been steady eddy, you know, for the last 20 years. You're not seeing, you know, massive spikes. um, But even in 2008, 2009, during the Great Recession, when everybody else saw, you know, rents fall, they still grew. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit smaller, but they still, their rental income were still growing. Um, the new apartments that are being put in place are going at a, a smaller pace, slower pace, um, and a lot of those have been being put up in like the downtown area. So there's not a whole lot of inventory um, in the B and C space um, in the suburbs, right? It's um, you know, you got to take what's there and fix it up. And that is exactly what we wanted to do just in our wheelhouse, exactly what we were looking for. Um, And so we really fell in love with the market. The other thing I like about it is um, I actually really like being there. It's a, big town feel but it's a relatively small city so they've got all the infrastructure they've got great sports teams they've got a wonderful downtown area um but you can get across town in 20 minutes right it's you know whenever you ask anybody oh how far is it from here to there oh it's about 20 minutes and it's something greg and i laugh (laughs) about because you know it's like you know you get a a uh, small town but it's got a big town feel and well, you we got really the speed really way, like that.
4: right is that is that what's the driver there everybody's just got their foot on the on the pedal to the metal or what's going on
5: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's about a million people as opposed to a place like Dallas where i think what is it 6 6 million or something
4: in Ooh, I, I believe with our growth, we have crested that number. I don't know the precise, but I, I would put it north of 7 now. But, yeah, p- point taken yeah. and spread out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, it
5: takes yeah you're not getting
2: take anywhere in
4: 20 Alaska minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. no. So business-friendly, you, you've got the fundamentals. Not not unlike Texas or maybe Phoenix, Arizona, that area, you've got the growth. And that's always important. Now, you mentioned you used a term I want to clarify. You said B and c apartments just for the listener we the industry classifies apartments according to a scale a B C and D a Nicole that, that's that those are those new builds um, right. they're at the tippity top high prices what is B and C and, and do we do we want to touch a D?
2: are, you know, just a, older communities that maybe need a little love, right, and maybe have been um, not operated as well by the current owner. And you can really, you know, go into those communities and improve them e- exponentially and make them a better place for the for residents to live and raise the rents accordingly. Um, so they're, uh, you know, a fantastic business model. Um D properties, um, nobody will likely tell you that they own a D property, but they're out there. Um, You know, those can be good, too, um, depending on the neighborhood, right? So uh, one of the things that we look at is the neighborhood around. If you have a D property, meaning a property that is, you know, been let go, not operated well, Needs some cash infusion to fix some deferred maintenance, but it's in a great neighborhood, a great submarket. That's the type of property that you know you get excited about. You can't fix the neighborhood, so if the neighborhood isn't good and the property isn't good, you can fix the property, but you, you know you you can't fix the, the neighborhood. So we we don't buy in the hood right basically that's that's the advice we give to people um you want to make sure that the market you're buying in the submarket neighborhood is solid
4: it's interesting because we have parts of dallas where i would would formerly perhaps have used that very term hood right That, that kind of class d area those are gentrifying here those are starting to turn so to your point that neighborhood now may be catching up with where i want to then position that formerly let's say uh class d apartment community now thinking about indiana thinking about michigan i often approach with the question of whether this market is landlord or rental owner friendly how how are the two states or maybe the cities where you're operating within those states
5: well Indi- indiana as a whole is classified as the number two most landlord friendly state behind only texas Which is so it's pretty good, and actually, uh, from another really important aspect for multifamily is property taxes, and it's uh, number two in property taxes
4: behind only
5: I think it's New Mexico. So it's it's overall a very strong location for multifamily.
4: Meaning lower, meaning lower property taxes.
5: Correct. Lower property taxes. Okay. They don't don't change on you very much.
4: Compared to Texas, by the way, where I get the question all the time, can you even invest in Texas with those high property taxes? Yes, you can, but they are at the other end of that scale. That is good to know. That is good to know. How how is Michigan? I
5: don't know. Michigan's probably middle of the pack. Uh, They've got some really unusual tax laws here so that um, after you buy a property, it caps. So if you hold a property for a very long period of time, your taxes end up being very favorable. But if you're buying a property, you better know how to analyze the taxes because they could easily double or triple uh, the year after you buy it.
4: Yeah. Now, thinking about where you guys are, Detroit, Michigan, you've bought. You told us you know you did the first lead investment there. Then you've done one in Indiana. I know you've picked up a second one in Indiana. What's the drive? How, how are you getting down to your your communities? How far is that?
2: Well, we drive. Um, it's four and a half hours door to door, and it's a nice drive. It's easy. We're at, we visit our properties every other week, um, more if needed. And, um, it's, it's pretty easy for us to come and go. I mean, we live in the motor city, right? So there's no, there's no public transportation here. And by the time you get to the airport, um, and check in and wait for your flight, it, you know, it, it just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be as economical. Uh, we like the freedom of, of the drive and get some windshield time to make some phone calls and you know uh, chit chat in the car. Yeah,
4: and, hey, that's not uh, bad. If if, if I want to go to my wife's hometown on the coast, it takes me easily eight hours. So four, eh, that's nothing. Hey, we're gonna head into a quick break. We've got one more segment. Stick around. I want to hear about uh, what you guys have been doing at, in terms of giving back. An important question. Stay, stick around.
1: Talk 1370, the right choice.
0: Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It's time to turn up the volume and fine tune your passive income plan so you can create the lifestyle you've always wanted.
4: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. If you have any questions for me, send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. And if you missed any of the earlier show, you're, you're going to want to go back and listen to this because I'm interviewing a couple that has been around Lifestyles for, for quite a long time now, began, they're, they're out of state, they live in, in Detroit, Michigan, and have invested out of state from a single family perspective right here in Dallas, no less, uh, leveraging that Lifestyles Unlimited network. We heard network is very, very important. And then moving on into the passive space as multifamily investors, passive, just putting their money in and sitting back up there in Detroit one you know, beautiful day, crystal clear winter walking out to the mailbox in the snow to get that mailbox money but then they took it a step farther and became lead investors in that neck of the wood so guys actually speaking of weather the weather up there is a little bit different than we're used to down here in Texas how does that does let me rephrase that does that have a major impact on your operations in any way
5: well, I mean, we have to hire people to shovel snow, but other than that, I don't think it, it has that much of an
4: impact. <laughs> hey, you guys have the uh, infrastructure. When we get when we get a flurry, just one single snow flurry down here, everything shuts down. So. <laughs> yeah,
5: we've got about two inches on the ground right now, and it's still snowing, so nice. that's just normal.
4: Okay, but you continue. You said you drive about four hours to Indy. You just drive keeps on going. You're you're able to keep keep on with that throughout the winter.
5: Well, in a snowstorm like we're having right now, we typically won't drive during the snowstorm. But, um, but yeah, otherwise, it doesn't really impact our ability to to operate the business in any way. Although we have okay. had some interesting weather events. I know we were talking about it at the break. Three months after we bought our first property in Indianapolis, we actually had a, a tornado hit our property.
4: Yes, so tell had some us about that weather that way. I'm curious. So I, I live in Texas at the very tail end of what we call Tornado Alley. I've lived in Omaha, Nebraska, on the other end of Tornado Alley. I didn't realize you guys get tornadoes all the way up in in Detroit, Indiana, Indianapolis, in that area. What, what happened? Tell us a little bit about that.
5: So it was a Saturday night. We got a phone call from our regional uh, manager. It's very unusual to get a phone call from a regional manager on Saturday, so we took it. Um, she said that she... You know, there had been a tornado at the property that our maintenance staff was on site, but she didn't really know anything else. Uh, so we happened to be out at dinner with family. We quickly ran home, packed our bags, got in the car, started heading down. Um, our Nicole's, uh, My sister-in-law, Nicole's sister, works midnight, so she started texting us reports of what was going on uh, down in, in Indianapolis. And um, 7 in the morning, we were on site at the property, and um, we had roofs of five Buildings that were severely damaged, three of them had literally gaping holes in the roof and then it rained for many hours after the tornado passed. And the um, city came in, uh, basically you know, temporarily condemned three or four of the buildings. We were able to get some of them back on within 24 hours once they confirmed there were no gas leaks. But we had probably 15 to 20 units that were severely impacted. Um, and, uh, we were able to relocate a number of residents within our property, uh, helped out, uh, other residents as much as we could. Some of them moved back home with family members and others moved on to, uh, to other apartments, but it then took a year of, uh, working with, uh, insurance to try to put that thing all back together and, uh, and put all the pieces back together on that, on that one incident with the weather.
4: But I think it's important because I've heard this story. In fact, I was telling Nicole last time I I I saw you guys in person, maybe, was a couple years ago at the Wealth and Passive Income Expo down in Houston. And I remember talking about the tornado with her then. And... Yes, it was an inconvenience. Yes, it slowed down the business plan a, le- a little bit. But I think the, the point to the listener is, among other things, we mitigate risk with things like insurance, which steps in and helps us fill those gaps for a period of time, either with rent coverage or obviously fixing the building. But but real estate investing, it's it's a very, very resilient asset class because you guys were able to take this really disaster and, and, and turn it around and put the product back together. And that, that community is up and running full speed now again, is it not?
2: Oh, yes. Um, yeah. The repairs have been done for quite a while now and uh, everything's running wonderfully. You know, it it creates a lot of extra work and the insurance process is incredibly frustratingly slow. Um, and I am not super patient, so that was very painful at times for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the nice thing about insurance is that they don't put it they don't put the units or the building back the way that it was. You get all new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So new units, new cabinetry, new flooring, new wiring, new lighting, new roofs, new everything. And it's all covered by insurance. You did not have to come out of pocket for that other than your deductible, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it. it can be um, a blessing you know very much in disguise at the beginning because it is a lot of work to go through all that um but at the end of the day you do typically come out um like a rose after all
4: absolutely that. What, what was the age of that property when you when you acquired it
2: uh, it was built in 1969 1970.
4: Okay, well, there you go. You got some units that are 1969, 1970s, and now you got, what, 2019 models. So, uh, to your point, that is great information, right? Best product, best price. You got the best product right there in those essentially... New units. Now, Perfect. I want to come back to a point I mentioned as we were heading out of the last break, which is how you guys are giving back, obviously operating as leads and building this portfolio, participating as passives. That's for your side of the business. But because of your level of, of experience and the things we've heard about and the things you've done outside of Texas, you guys are both now engaged and like I'm giving back, participating, doing the radio show. What is it that you guys are involved with in in helping get the word out about lifestyles unlimited and, and helping the membership base? If maybe maybe Nicole, maybe you should you can start?
2: Oh, sure. Um, Well, a few years ago, uh, Lynn Moreau, the executive vice president of Lifestyles Unlimited, uh, actually called Greg's phone because she didn't have my phone number. (laughs) And... uh, asked if uh, I might be interested in coming on board as a multi-family mentor uh, for the national team. Um, And one of the reasons that I was asked to do that was because we had, you know, built our business and um, started in two different locations, built our, uh, you know, team, local teams there. you know, ourselves. And we knew how to break into new markets. And, um, Lynn asked if I would be willing to come on board and share that um, knowledge base with other folks that wanted to do the same. And I've been doing that for almost three years now. And I can't even believe it's been that long. It feels like it's gone by so fast.
4: Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long either. So you're one of our national multifamily mentors, Greg, What are you up to out there?
5: Yeah, so just a funny little story, but uh, about two years ago, Lifestyles was going to have one of their two-day events in Chicago, and there, we only had a handful of people that were maybe two or three people that were teaching it at the time, and they had some scheduling snafu, so they had to cancel the event, and I had Nicole reach out to Lynn and said, hey, if that ever happens, I'd be happy to pitch in, and next thing you know, an email went out saying, hey, I'm one of the new two-day presenters, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess that's something I'm doing now. And so what is
4: it? What is the two day in about 30 seconds? What is that?
5: The two day is the class that we teach at Lifestyles to teach you everything you want to know if you want to get into single family investing and give you the background so that you can understand multifamily investing and how it works so that you can invest wisely. Um, And that's what I, one of the things I teach now. And it's been a great experience. Uh, I've, uh, really, I, I love getting other members to join and, and, and changing their lives. That's what we call ourselves life changers, the people that teach the two day, because you really can. Uh, once you get people into real estate investing and they can get the kind of returns that you just can't get anywhere else, uh, it does change their life. Uh, but I got to say, one of the things that uh, was a benefit, to I think, to both of us for our experiences working with lifestyles is that we have learned so much from Being a two-day presenter and being a mentor, that it's actually helped us tremendously uh, in terms of running our properties. We are much, much better investors and smarter for having dug into the the lifestyles, uh, teachings, and the processes, and the roadmap that lifestyles provide, and understanding it more fully so that we can uh, run our properties really well.
4: Yeah, good point. Very good point. You're always learning, right? Um, and we've got a number of two day presenters. You're you're out, you're kind of traveling around the country. If you're in Texas, like I am, David Fisher does our Texas markets. Greg, you're out and about. Speaking of out and about, speaking of Texas, we do have next month. We've got our 2022 Wealth and Passive Income Expo. Are you guys coming down for that? Well, Absolutely. We wouldn't miss it. <laughs> right. Can't wait. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys there. And just for the listener, if you're interested in, in checking out, learning more about Lifestyles Unlimited and, like Greg said, single-family investing or multifamily investing, that is a great place to be. That's going to be March 16th through the 19th in Houston, Texas. I'll give you a website so you can learn more. It's Wealth And if you are interested in coming, use my name, Andy, A-N-D-Y. That'll give you a $97 discount off of any of those uh, passes or, or packages. That's wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. And that's a great place to learn as well and to network and all the things that we've talked about that have, have helped you guys along the way. And I know you guys have helped tons of people. I talk to a lot of people here in Dallas, and I hear that that message as well. We didn't really get to talk about your latest deal. Where did you take down that last apartment? We're going to be tuning out here in just a second. But where, where are you guys operating now?
5: Our most recent acquisition... In- yeah. Sorry, our most recent acquisition is a 280 unit apartment in Speedway, Indiana. So it's a submarket within Lifestyles, but it's exactly where the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is.
4: Very good. Well, I'll tell you what. Next time I've got my pedal to the metal and I'm pulling that RV, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up to uh, up to Indianapolis and and visit you guys and and see the the see the the apartments by the Speedway and maybe see if I can get on that Speedway. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? So hey, thanks, in an
5: RV? I don't, know. I don't know how an RV would work <laughs> in the future.
4: yeah. The Griswolds arrive. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I do appreciate you guys sharing. And again, check out WealthAndPassiveIncomeExpo.com. I thank you for listening. And remember, it's not the money, it's the life. All you have a good day.
0: you mm-hmm. mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way